0: You're listening to Quran Thirty for Thirty, the Ramadan podcast that reconnects us with the beautiful words of God, one juz a day, with your hosts Sheikh Omar Suleiman, Sheikh Abdullah Oduro, and a new guest. Let's experience the beauty of the Quran.
1: As-salamu alaykum wa alaikum I want to welcome you all back to Quran 30 for 30. Uh, Alhamdulillah, tonight we're joined by my very beloved brother, Dr. Hassan Alwan from California. So I think you still have to break your fast, right, Sheikh? No, I'm still like, an, actually 35 minutes, so. <laughs> okay. Alhamdulillah, perfect, perfect time. Perfect time. We'll keep the show just the 55 minutes, inshallah. take your time. Ramakallah, <laughs> afu <laughs> habib. Welcome, to, welcome to, this, uh, uh, to this series. We're looking forward to hearing your insights. I want to remind everyone, inshallah, before I start, um, inshallah ta'ala, that um, you can, inshallah ta'ala, from now, um, donate inshallah ta'ala to Yaqeen Institute for the last 10 nights. And if you click the link below, you'll see an option where you can break your donation over the last 10 nights. So, bidnindahi ta'ala. Your sadaqah would catch Laylatul Qadr, no matter which of the ten nights it is. So may Allah bless you for your generous support, Yaqeen and to all of the other uh, wonderful work that's being done out there, whether it's a relief organization or a dawah organization or or educational institutions. May Allah bless you and accept from you. Uh, So tonight, inshallah ta'ala, we're going to get into Al-Hijr and Surah al nahir Surah Al-Hijr and Surah al nahir We start off from Surah Al-Hijr, and Surah Al-Hijr begins with... uh, the regrets of those who wish they would have taken rightful guidance. So it actually begins with the expression of regret. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in verse 4, uh, We never destroyed a nation except that they had a clear book with clear guidance and clear instructions. And this goes uh, in, in uh, Surah Ibrahim that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not punish the people until he sends a messenger. Here, Allah stresses that he sent a message to them as well. Um, verse 5 and 6, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about the insults to the Prophet ﷺ. So he's addressing the Prophet ﷺ directly after this long strain of surahs where you have all of these prophets and their stories and their re- re- rejection. And mentioning to the Prophet ﷺ, they say to you, Inna kida that, you are, uh, that you are a madman, and they insult him ﷺ. And they say to him in verse six, uh, If you would bring the angels, show us the angels, show us the unseen. And then maybe we would consider you to be amongst the truthful. Allah Azza goes on to verse nine. And inshallah ta'ala, I know this is what we'll be talking about at some point tonight as well with our dear uh, uh, brethren Sheikh Dr. Dr. Hassan, uh, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, takes an oath to protect and preserve the Quran, which is a beautiful. Uh, oath. If you think about how Allah talks about how these how previous nations fumbled their scriptures and how things uh, were lost, guidance was lost as a result of the actions of the people. And Allah giving this ummah a great bushra, a bushra, a glad tidings greater than the bushra of a child. The glad tidings that guidance will always be intact for this ummah, that the Qur'an will be preserved, that we are the ones who revealed this book, لحافظون, and we too will preserve this book. Now I want to go uh, forward in the surah inshallah ta'ala and verse 28 and 29 Allah talks about the very beginning of Adam alayhi salam and these next four surahs in fact in the center of the surah you have the story of uh, the creation of Adam and the challenge of Iblis but a different element of the challenge of shaitan every time so it keeps on coming up and recurring in the middle of all of these surahs as it's coming up here, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about the moment in which the ruh, the soul, is breathed into Adam alayhi salam. فَإِذَا سَوَّيْتُهُ وَنَفَخْتُ فِيهِ مِنْ لَهُ سَاجدين. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, so when I have molded him and breathed into him the spirit, then fall to him in prostration. And some of the ulama say that there's a beautiful lesson in this, that Adam alayhi salam was not praiseworthy because of his physical or external makeup. And that's where Iblis failed. And and last night, Dr. Khalil elaborated on this beautifully, this idea of the exterior versus the interior and value being in the interior. And here, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not command the angels to prostrate to Adam alayhi salam until the ruh, which is what is sanctified. The spirit was placed within Adam alayhi which shows you the value of the ruh over the jasad, the soul over the body. And Iblis was only able to see the exterior and not consider the interior. He compared his exterior to the exterior of Adam alayhi salam, hence becoming the first racist in history, saying that I am better than him because of how my exterior is compared to his exterior. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions the story of Iblis expelled from paradise again because he refuses to be amongst those that prostrate. And in the last surah, Surah Ibrahim, uh, you have the, the ending. The ending is Iblis saying to the people of Hellfire that Allah made you a true promise. Allah wa Wama akana in sultan illa Until the end of the ayah, Iblis telling the followers in Hellfire that Allah made you a true promise and I made you a false promise. But I never had any control over you. My promise was false. Allah's promise was true. You followed me. Here, we go back to the very beginning, and Allah telling Iblis at that time, إِنَّ عِبَادِي لَيْسَ لَكَ عَلَيْهِمْ سُلْطَانٍ إِلَّا مَنَ اِكْتَبَعَكَ مِنَ الْغَوِينَ In verse 42, that verily, my servants, you have no control over them, except for those that willingly follow you. In verse 49, beautiful ayah, نَدِّعْ عِبَادِي أَنِّي أَنَا الْغَفُورُ وَحِيمُ وَأَنَّ عَذَابِي هُوَ الْعَذَابُ الْأَلِيمُ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Tell my servants, O Muhammad sallallahu أَنَا wa sallam, that I am most forgiving and most merciful. And that my punishment is a severe punishment. Now, this is similar to Surah Ibrahim, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, If you are grateful, I will surely increase you. And if you are ungrateful, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions that my punishment is severe. But Allah does not promise the punishment with the same certainty as he promises the reward and the increase, right? Letting you know the punishment is there, but not ascribing it to you just yet to welcome you to repentance. Here, it's the same vein, right? عبادة, Tell my servants that I am forgiving and merciful. And yes, the punishment exists. This is a severe punishment. But you still have a chance and you don't have to go down that route. And it's not something that Allah Azza uh, does uh, because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to doom a people, but a people make themselves worthy of that. Uh, I'm gonna rush through this, this part right here because I want to get to a powerful point in the next surah. Allah mentions then the destruction of the people of Lut alayhi salam, ashabul Ashab Ashabul Hijri, uh, the people of Thamud. So Allah mentions some of the nations that turned away from Allah and became arrogant to make that point. In verse 87, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala praises uh, Surah Al-Fatiha, mathani, the seven verses, and, Al-Quran and the glorious Qur'an. And this is the last of that sequence of surahs where the very beginning of the surah, the first ayah, is a praise of the Qur'an. So this is the last of them. And so you're coming to the end of this surah where Allah praises the Qur'an once again and specifically praises Surah Al-Fatiha. And remember how in the beginning of this surah, Allah mentioned that they say these words to you that hurt you in the end of the surah, the very end of the surah. We know, O Muhammad, وسلم, that your heart hurts because of what they say about you. It hurts you to hear these insults being, uh, being thrown at you. And, and glorify the praises of your Lord, and be amongst those who prostrate. Not like Iblis, Lam min who refuse to be from those who prostrate. Be from those who prostrate. Wa'bud rabbaka hatta and worship your Lord until Yaqeen comes to you. Not a plug again. <laughs> yaqeen here. I know it's every time we say Yaqeen, right? Yaqeen here actually refers to death, uh, meaning until the end of your life, that you worship Allah until the very end of your life. I'm going to mention one fa'idah of Surah Al-Nahm that ties into what Sheikh Abdullah was talking about uh in a very beautiful way yesterday and inshallah ta'ala he can take it from there surat al nahl is named after the bee and allah mentions various favors in creation in this surah then he talks specifically about the honeybee for its preciseness and how magnificent it is and the benefits that come from it look how small it is but look how many benefits come from it and what did shaykh abdullah talk about yesterday if you were to take one blessing of Allah and try to extract, try to extract the many blessings from that one blessing, you would not be able to do so. But I want to share with you a benefit, subhanAllah, that, that, that I found very beautiful. In the last juz, and what Shaykh Abdullah talked about yesterday, وَإِن If you were to count the blessing of Allah, you would be unable to do so. إِنَّ الْإِنسَانَ لَظَلُومٌ كَفَارٌ Allah says, and verily human beings are inherently transgressing and ungrateful. Inherently transgressing and ungrateful. The same ayah is in this juz, but look at the difference. If you were to try to count the blessing of Allah, you would be an- unable to do so. And verily, Allah is most forgiving and most merciful. And what that, the, the beauty of this, the benefit of this is that. SubhanAllah, Al insan al a person who is inherently transgressing, uh, requires a Lord that is ghafur, right? A Rabb, a Lord that is forgiving and that will always overlook their transgressions so long as they turn back to Him. And though we are inherently uh, ungrateful, there is kufr ni'am, we will be ungrateful at times, but we don't descend into the kufr, the ultimate kufr, which is not even acknowledging Allah over us and associating partners with Him and disbelieving. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, And Allah has a special mercy for the believers on the day of judgment. And so Al-Insan al-Kafur, a person who is Kafur, who is inherently ungrateful but doesn't descend into disbelief, finds themselves in the categories where they have ar rahim on the day of judgment to rescue them for their deficiency. So this time Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, subhanAllah talks about the rescue from His side, subhanahu wa ta'ala, in in you know, in response to us and verse 58 and 59 Allah mentions a ni'mah that people are ungrateful for you know what that ni'mah is daughters the people that would bury their daughters alive wa idha bushira untha wajhu wa huwa min alqumi min bihi Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says when these people were given the glad tidings the bushra of a young girl they would be in shame they'd ha- they take them away and bury this ni'mah from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala What a disgusting thing to do. How dare you not acknowledge the blessing of a daughter that Allah gives you, the bushra of a daughter that Allah gives you. And then finally, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions to us verses 66 to 69, you have to read those verses carefully. And if you don't know Arabic, read the translation, please. 66 to 69. Because Allah just starts elaborating on all these small blessings that you never consider. The blessing of cattle and the type of milk that comes from cattle. And the blessing of date fruits and the types of blessings that come from date fruits. And how grapes can be used to make khamr intoxicants, or Wholesome sustenance. And then Allah talks about the bee, the way the bee sets up the hives, the way that the honey is not just sweet, but it's also medicine. And goes on and on and on and on to keep driving home the point. If you were to try to count one blessing of Allah, you would utter, utterly uh, fail. And inshallah ta'ala, with that I will pass it off to Shaykh Abdullah after failing to stay on time. <laughs> <laughs>
0: When I was reading, you know, and that's exact, exactly what I was thinking of, subhanAllah. You just see all of these forms of creation and how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives you examples. You know, you think of a cattle, but he mentions all the different manifestations of how he, how he provides us from them, uh, subhanAllah. But then as I was reading on, I ran into one verse and subhanAllah, I said, you know what, let me take advantage of the opportunity uh, to speak about this verse. So, bismillah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in chapter, uh, the chapter of Nahl, verse number 90, there's a verse that he mentions that all of us, some of us may hear it now, online and Facebook live, but when we're in the masjid for Jumu'ah, we definitely hear this verse. And I said, let me take an opportunity to expound upon this verse after the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his tawfiq and his guidance. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says after all of and all of when you, when you hear it, when you hear the beginning of this verse, you can follow along with me. I'll recite it slowly, inshallah. Especially the little children. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and all of the blessings <laughs> and all of wa blessings <laughs> and all of the blessings <laughs> and all wal the blessings <laughs> and all I can hear you, inshallah. <laughs> Allah says, indeed Allah orders justice and good conduct and being good to relatives, and he forbids immorality and bad conduct and oppression. He is admonishing and reminding you, perhaps you'll be of those who are reminded. Okay, numerous companions have spoken about this verse. The Prophet ﷺ, Ibn Mas'ud who he said, the most comprehensive verse regarding good and evil is in this verse. Also, Al-Bukhari in his tarikh, in his book of history, he, he mentions... Uh, Subhanallah, that uh, Ali was passing by a group of people and he asked and they were talking. He said, we asked them, what are you all speaking about? And they said, we're talking about 'ah." muru'ah. Muru'ah is honor, chivalry, uh, 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 graciousness, right? So he said, uh, He said, said, Is this ayah not sufficient enough for you? And he recited, The verse that we just recited. And also, subhanAllah, a companion of Uthman ibn Madhun, he recited this verse to Ali ibn Abi Talib. So it was probably before. And when he recited it to Sub- Ali, yani he was amazed and he said, Wallahi, and, uh, he, said, he said, SubhanAllah, if you were to, to, to implement this, ber- this verse, you would be successful. If, if you were ittabi'uhu, tuflihu. He said, if you were to follow and implement this verse, you would be successful. So understanding how he even mentioned also that this is from the macadam al akhlaq that this verse is from the best of etiquettes. This is a verse in the sign of etiquettes. One thing that I want to capitalize on, when you hear this verse, inshallah, in the future, which we all will, inshallah, in Juma'a in the Masajid, soon, 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 inshallah, that the Sharia to, a Sharia to khatib al that the Sharia is speaking to your fitrah. It's speaking to your, your, your natural uh, uh, inclination. You see, all of us have these natural characteristics that Allah has given us. From those natural characteristics is the soul. And from the soul is, is a madda. It's an element inside of us as human beings that acknowledges the presence of its maker. And that is what we call fitrah in Arabic. And fitrah can be also fitrah tenacity, nasati nasa alayha. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions that this is the fitrah that he has Uh, a a created mankind upon or has a natural disposition, the disposition that man and woman has. So, for instance, when you lie, you feel guilty the first time. When you do a bad deed, whether it's, you know, religious or something you disobeyed, your mom or father or someone that you respect and value, and you win against those values that you believe in, that feeling of guilt is a characteristic of the fitrah. Religion, Islam in particular, has come to align and beautify, align and beautify the fitrah. It's come here to make sure that you stay straight. For example, we all have desires, but those desires that we have need to be within a compound. It's within the confines of what the most knowledgeable of us, what the creator of us, what the most wise of all of creation has set. So within those desires, for instance, the opposite gender. In Islam, it's important If that desire is there, to take it upon yourself to get married and not to take any other route to embellish upon that desire. So in any case, it's very important that we have that premise and that understanding in the beginning that the sharia, the blueprint of Islam, the legislative body of Islam, what Islam says is permissible and not permissible. When Allah speaks in the Quran, when we read the Quran, it is speaking to your innocent pristine self. But those desires that you may have will cause you to put layers on your thinking, on your spiritual, uh, your spiritual element, to where you may deny it in the beginning, but you know that it's true. And that's why the sharia and the, the Quran itself is such a qawlan thaqila. It is such a heavy statement. The statement is heavy. It's deep. You'll read it over and over again, and and the concepts will come to you. And they will subhanahu wa ta'ala say, I read this for years. And then you, you you know, upon 30 for 30, for instance, it comes to light or in any other program. So, firstly, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and I'll take about three minutes. Verily, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that verily Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala calls to justice and ihsan. Now, al adl and ihsan, justice is giving everything its due right. And the most important justice on this earth is giving the creator of the heavens and earth his right. Giving him his right by being worshiped by himself and not saying that he has any characteristics of his creation. So Allah orders al-adl. And some scholars mention like Ibn Abbas, Ibn Abbas, Abbas, may Allah be pleased with him. He mentioned that al-adl is la ilaha illallah. So in understanding that there's no God but Allah. So in understanding this is that the most important aspect of justice, putting something in its proper place, is saying that God deserves to be worshipped by himself. And after that is the justice that is for all other forms of creation, animate and inanimate. Whether it's a plant or a person, they all have a right. And ihsan is a ziyade. It is it is extra as some scholars mention you have fulfilled your obligation but when you do ihsan it can be translated as excellence it can be translated as good conduct ihsan is smiling in the face of your brother when he's sad or she's sad you know it's 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 making them laugh you know it's doing something to bring them joy it's giving charity to someone in need all of this is ihsan and that's why it can be translated to so many words in english it's such a But the origin of Ihsan, one of the origins of it is to beautify something. And I always choose to use this because when you do an action of good that people aren't expecting, when you take them out to lunch and there's no return for it, and they don't want, they say, What do you want? You say, No, I just want to take you out to lunch. Or you smile at someone for no reason, just to be kind to them. It's a beautiful thing. They'll remember that action of Ihsan that you've done to them, even though you may have the opportunity and the right to do something that they may not like or that may be harmful to him and they know they deserve it. But ihsan is a level that's above that. It's a level that's above that. And also in giving, the third thing he says uh, is giving to the relatives. And as the scholars mentioned, because he uses this example, it's an example of who you should be just with and have rather ihsan with. As in the Quran, Allah mentions in numerous verses, and the worship of Allah, and do not associate any partners with him wa bil walidayni and with the two parents good conduct manners excellence go extra and the scholars mentioned why did allah mention why did allah mention the relatives because we will have the most we will be most negligent of them cuz we're so used to them we're so used to being around them we'll be so negligent of the basic rights that they may deserve or going extra starting with who well, the Prophet ﷺ said three times that deserves the right, your mother, your mother, your mother, and then your father. As a prophet, peace and blessings be, blessing be upon him mentioned. So those are the three that he ordered. The three that he prohibited was forbids immorality, bad conduct, and oppression. Well, Allah, the English does not do justice to the Arabic language. But we'll, we'll give it a try. He said, And al is to go beyond the bounds or to do a lot of that which is not permissible. A lot of that which is not permissible, al-fahsha, wal-munkar. Munkar is the opposite of ma'roof. It is that which is known to be bad. It is that which is known to be bad. Ma'ruf is what everyone know, knows to be accepted. That's where we get the word urf from, right? So when we talk about uh, al-fahsha, wal-munkari, wal-baghi, and baghi, the scholars have mentioned particularly, is that which is a transgression against someone else. It's a transgression against someone else. And that is the total opposite of justice, which we can say is vun, And then Allah SWT says لَعَلَّكُمْ تَذَكَرُونَ He says, he, he reminds and admonishes you, perhaps you'll be of those who are mindful. This admonishment and a reminder for you to be just, and to fulfill the general manners of Islam. And that's one of the wisdoms that scholars chose to recite this verse at the end of Jumu'ah to remind you that this religion is a religion of tawazin. It's a religion of wasata. It's a religion of justice. It's a religion of good akhlaq. It's a religion of being good to the people that are close to you. And that is the ultimate wisdom and the middle course of (laughs) following. so we ask allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless us and to keep us on this surat, the straight path for verily that is the path to jannah inshallah jazak allah khair jazakum
1: allah khair victor and shaykh uh, abdullah and dr Hassan. the greatest blessing is the blessing of guidance and i believe that ties into what you will, will be talking about in charles <laughs> publisher
2: has mentioned uh bismillah walhamdulillah was salatu was salamu ala afdal al mursalin sayyidina muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi al tayyibin al taherin rabbishrah li sadri wa yassir li amri uh, it is said, it is not about the words that leave our lips. Rather, it's about the heart from which our words come. And I start with that because I'm speaking about the best words, the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So I have to start by asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not to veil the beauty of the, the, the words of the Qur'an with any darkness of my heart. Uh, the verse I wanted to share with you today is verse number nine in Surah Al-Hajr. But to understand the power, the beauty of this verse, I will just go quickly about the circumstances. What happened? When was it revealed? And I think that is in itself says a lot. Surah Al-Hijr was revealed in Mecca when things weren't good. The Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa it has been more than 10 years he's been prosecuted. People were tortured. People died. And, and uh, finally they, they threw him and everyone that supported him in the desert. So it seems the message is not progressing. It seems that Muslims are under the feet of everyone. It seems uh, uh, they're going to be uprooted. The message is going to be extinguished. And in that condition, in that situation where Muslims felt so vulnerable, so weak, that, you know, things are not well at all, Surah al hijr is revealed. And it was revealed in a time when when um, the Mushrikeen, they were asking, as Shaykh Omar explained, they were mocking so much and they were asking the Prophet, sallallahu you know, where is God? Uh, where are the miracles? We need miracles. Why don't you bring some angels? If you're a prophet, if this is the truth, show us the angels. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala responds in the most majestic way. The way the surah opened, the strength of the surah, that a day will come and those who mock, those who today look like they're strong, they will wish they were a Muslim. And you, you wonder, how can you say that? That was said when the Muslims were under the feet of everyone. And that's the strength. But then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala goes and addresses the topic. They ask for angels. They want a miracle. They think if an angel comes down, uh, See, even some uh, atheists nowadays, they tell you, where is God? If I see God, I will believe. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then addresses this in the most beautiful way. It's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saying, "What you want angels to come down to you? I've already sent something bigger than angels. I've already sent a miracle. I've already sent down something to you miraculous, more beautiful, more profound than the angels, but you didn't see it. And that's verse number nine. Wa inna lahu You ask for angels, you ask for miracles, the, you're surrounded by miracles, the words of the Qur'an, what the Qur'an does to the heart, what the Qur'an did to the, those who followed it in by itself is a miracle. And if you did not see the miracle of the Qur'an, what makes you think? you can see uh, the miracle and an angel coming down. The the, the, the carrier of the Qur'an, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa Not only we brought the best of, of the words, the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, miraculous, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa And Allah says, You see them, they look at you, but they don't see. The problem is perhaps it's not the absence of miracles. Perhaps, it's blindness. Perhaps the real problem is I'm, not, I'm surrounded by miracles that I don't see. And then Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala to make another point, not only I have sent down this Quran, but at, at this point of time where the Muslims were so weak, they, they couldn't even, they were dying. The, the Prophet SallAllahu Alaihi Wasallam lost Khadija, his wife and his uncle. And there is no protection. And it seems uh, they're exposed. Allah says what? Not only I've sent this Qur'an and it's a miracle, and here is another miracle. It is going to be protected. And you have to contemplate when was that sent? They didn't have computers or USBs or memories. They can hardly write on, on perhaps some bones. And, and to make the claim, no matter what will happen, this Qur'an is protected, is preserved. Now this impacts me greatly. Whenever I feel insecure, whenever I feel you know I'm exposed, all what I have to do is look at this Qur'an. And see, subhanAllah, whether I'm in China, I'm in Egypt, I'm in the United States, Allah protected this Qur'an. And it hasn't been protected because uh, we did it. Allah did it. The one that protected this Qur'an, inshallah, can protect me and my family. The one that protected this Qur'an, I ask him, I implore him to protect this Qur'an in my heart. Ya And there was a story about a person uh, who went to his sheikh complaining, You know, Ya Sheikh, what happened? Uh, uh, a thief came and stole everything in my house. And the sheikh told him, Say, Alhamdulillah. And this person said, Ya Sheikh, Alhamdulillah, I just told you everything was stolen. And he said, Say, Alhamdulillah, it was a thief that stole your house and it wasn't shaitan that stole your Iman. I need health. And I implore the one that guarded and preserved the Quran. To preserve Iman in my heart in difficult times. And if he did that with the with his words, I think I have hope that he indeed can do that in my heart too. But it doesn't stop there. So the, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying the problem is not the absence of miracles. What if it was the heart? <laughs> the problem is Allah gives, but the heart can't receive. There is a problem with the heart, it's blind. And that's why Allah says, And if I opened, uh, bigger than angels, I'm going to open a door in the sky and will let you ascend and see all the miraculous things. What will they say? No, they, they won't believe. They'll say, oh, perhaps this is a, you know, an optical illusion. Our eyes are deluded. The problem, therefore, is something else. We are surrounded by miracles. And that's why Allah then starts speaking about his creation. The wind, the mountains. We are surrounded by miracles. If I, right now, I have a wooden table in front of me. If I was to bang my head in the wooden table and bring an apple for you, you will say, that's a miracle. How did you do that? But it happens every day. Look at an apple tree. Wood that comes from the the ground brings apples every day. A miracle. But we don't see it. Why? What is the problem? Why can't we see the miracle? Why can't we see the Qur'an? That is when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brings the example of Iblis. Iblis. Here is a creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who spoke to Allah. He spoke to the truth, but he could not see the truth. So for the atheist that says, if I see God, I will believe. The Qur'an says, no, not necessary. There is another problem if you because there is a case, someone who spoke to God who saw the truth, but yet he didn't believe in the truth. What was his problem? Arrogance. It is not about the lack of evidence, it is about the presence of arrogance. That is what's going on. That is why people cannot see the Quran. That is why people look at the Prophet and all what they see. How can you describe him as an imposter? Don't you see his words? Don't you see the Qur'an? Don't you see the beauty around you? Don't you see the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? And if the problem, if the answer is no, then the Qur'an says, check the heart, arrogance. And finally, a final point, you ask for angels to come down. Then the same surah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, yes, angels came down, as the surah describes, two situations, angels came down to Prophet Ibrahim, How did he receive them? Oh, he was generous, he provided food. And because Ibrahim was righteous, they came down with good tidings. The very same angels went to Prophet Lot. How did the people of Lot receive the angels? What did they want to do with them? Did they see that their angels know they saw them as a utility to fulfill their desires? That's it. And then it was a destruction for those people. And in a way, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, if I sent a miracle for you, it's up to you. Will you receive it with gratitude? And then it's an elimination or the opposite. You will do like the other people of arrogance. And then it's a source of destruction. In a way, Allah always gives. There are miracles all around. The Quran is a miracle. The Prophet wasallam is a miracle. The creation of Allah subhanahu wa taala is a miracle. I wake up every day, the eye by which I see, I'm surprised it's a miracle. The ears by which I hear is a miracle. The tongue I'm speaking, I'm surrounded by miracles. But it's the absence of this heart that can see all those miracles. And it's can I receive them or not? Perhaps illumination, lights, Spiritual gifts, wonderful things. Allah's always giving. Come to your heart, but it finds your heart. That's the problem. Full with the imprints of created thing. Full of ailments. Yes, there are viruses around, and we have to develop new habits, like washing our hands, to get you know to protect ourselves. There are spiritual pandemics going around. Narcissism, arrogance, hastiness, ostentation, showing off. They affect the heart. And the heart, therefore, cannot do its basic function. It cannot see properly. It cannot comprehend properly. And that's my my reflection. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to protect our hearts from all spiritual ailments. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to protect faith. La ilaha illallah in our hearts. I I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to open the eyesights of our hearts by which we can see his closeness and the hearing of our hearts by which we can hear the beauty of his words.
1: Jazakumullah <inaudible> hasan. Loved having you on. Jazakallah uh, khair for joining us. My pleasure. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala elevate you and increase you. Uh, Subhanallah, as you were speaking, just to give people, I guess, a 30-second take-home message in that sense, we started off this whole series with the fact that the beginning of the Qur'an is an ask. It's a du'a, it's a supplication. And it's an ask for guidance. And Allah says, here you go. The greatest blessing is the blessing of clarity and purpose. No other blessing can compensate for the loss of clarity and purpose. You could have everything in the world, but if you don't know why you're here and what you want and what your destination is, no cars, no palaces, no money, no wealth, nothing would ever be able to fill that void of guidance. And with that, subhanAllah, what you just reminded us tonight, what the Prophet said with the Quran, that the Qur'an is a proof for you or against you. You have the Qur'an. I have the Qur'an. We have this blessing from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Will we respond to it in the right way? Or will we do with it what would cause it to actually testify against us on the Day of Judgment? We're doing the series on the angels. The angels can be bushra, glad tidings, or they can you know, they can, they can be a, a source of harm towards us if we do that, which repels the manaik and invites the shayateen instead in our lives, you can watch all the angel series that you want, but unless you're applying the sunan that are in those, those important acts that are being mentioned in there, then that's what's going to cause those angels to love you. And of course, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to love you as well. We ask Allah to love us all. And we thank him for this blessing of the Qur'an, this nirma of the Qur'an, and this ni'mah of one another, and brotherhood and, and sisterhood, and this ni'mah of guidance, and this ni'mah of Ramadan. jazakumullah khayran to you, Sheikh Hassan, to uh, you, Sheikh Abdullah, as always. to everyone, for joining. Inshallah, we'll see you all tomorrow. Assalamu alaikum Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu
0: This podcast was brought to you by Yaqeen Institute for Islamic Research, dismantling doubts and nurturing conviction, one truth at a time. Tune in tomorrow for the next episode, and subscribe to this series. If you like this episode, you'll love our other content. Visit yaqeeninstitute.org or download our app from the App Store. Until next time. This has been Quran 30 for 30.